1: Drew. You ready, Drew? I'm ready. Drew. Drew J Jay. Drew. Drew Dog. Drew. Homie. Drew. 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 Drewy Drew. Double. Triple D's. Triple D.
2: Uh, That's tri- uh, not my real name. Are we rolling? Yes.
1: <laughs> Just go to the intro. <laughs> Sorry. back it's retro replay here in the basement nola north and jay DJ. drusev dj's in the back somewhere and of course paul both making us all sound super sexy today i'm gonna do the show like sam elliott ram tough roadhouse good night <laughs> we could do that you know it's ram tough we'd get more views if i just did it like that just I, the whole episode this whole episode be like good morning My mustache made love to three women last night while I was playing poker. (laughs) Good night. That's it. That'd be the show. And then you cut to the mustache lying in bed with models. Just a mustache? Yeah. No, just a mustache. Like on a pillow? Yeah, on a pillow. It has a life of its own. (laughs) Hey, a collection of Pokemon cards. Let's go right from that. Speaking of Pokemon. (laughs) mon try to make Pokemon dirty, but it's too easy. Pokemon cards, okay? My kids got into these for like 10 minutes. Uh, Expected to fetch up to 100,000 pounds money, not like weight of like stones or something. Rare Pokemon cards expected to fetch 100,000 pounds when it goes up for sale in Lichfield, UK. Coincides with the 25th anniversary, which is this year of the collectible cards coming out. I don't, this is what I don't get about this. The sale comes after the auction house saw the first edition base set Go for twenty-five thousand pounds in July, is it? Is is is, is that's what happened? Is is the but the COVID and the and the election and everything just jacked things up I, by four? I, I don't, Well, I mean, I'm not good at math, but twenty-five into to, to, that's four that's, times higher. Yeah, forty-two lots, including a hundred thousand PSA graded first digit cards. Okay, I collected baseball cards and football cards when I was a kid. Uh, had some hockey, but you know, most of the Canadian kids were like, "Ooh, sorry, can I get some? I'll pay you." I think we just traded it for beer.
3: Michael, I'll trade you this sweet Onyx card for your Mr. Mime.
0: What? No way. That's a ripoff.
1: Yeah, you know what? And we have Pokemon cards, and now I'm going to send my kids into the storage unit, and we're going to see if we got a bundle. Uh, I doubt it. I love this story. So, famous uh, steakhouse called Peter Luger's uh, Steakhouse in Brooklyn, New York. Because of COVID restrictions and, you know, you're, you're six feet of Kevin Bacon, they teamed with Madame Tussaud's celebrity wax museum, uh, uh, also a lovely one in in uh, London, and they actually brought in the wax statues and put them at the bar. Look at that! He's just at the bar, like, oh okay, God, it's cool. John Hamm from Mad Men. So you know, like, rather than this seat is empty, uh, please social distance. They put wax figures in the seats. John Hamm, uh, Michael Strahan, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Al Roker. Only one seat now. Used to be two seats. And Audrey Hepburn as Holly Golightly, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Holly Golightly, clearly a porn name, but with the lovely Audrey Hepburn, it works. <laughs> How do I look? Very good. I must say I'm amazed. Peter Luger thought it would be a fun, safe way to fill some of the seats that need to remain empty uh, for social distancing. And uh, it's pretty cool, but kind of creepy. <laughs> I find wax museums creepy. I do too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it's just... I don't I don't get it. It's like, I wanted to see the celebrity. I
2: wonder if, though, like, did you ever see the movie House of Wax?
1: You're saying that that's a real person.
2: It's it's kind of terrible, but kind of fun with Elijah. I remember Cuthbert. it. Elisha Cuthbert. Is that how you say it? Um, was, she, was she, uh... She was in 24.
0: I don't want to lose you. I don't.
1: Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I know you.
2: And, uh, but they would, like, wax the people while they were still alive. So when I, if I go there, I'm gonna be like, John Hamm, are you in there? Are you okay?
1: But then I'm gonna be like,
2: What and are what you if drinking? He, what if he
1: moved? <laughs> would you help him or would you scream, <laughs> run?
2: Well, I think he's at that point like his skin would be melted and not in a good place. <laughs> Do
1: you guys hear that? That's PJ. Alicia's another Canadian. Put that on the list of we don't give a shit. Okay, close to Canada, Alaska. Our next story comes from <laughs> uh, the only American territory that is touches nothing but Canada. I think. I don't know. Except for that land
2: bridge to Russia.
1: Wow. Cut that out. <laughs> Trying to make me look like an idiot. <laughs> uh, Alaska woman bit on the butt by a bear. That sounds like a... bit on the butt by a bear that's alliteration while using an outhouse okay ooh right had the scare of a lifetime in an outhouse in the back country attacked by a bear she went out to the uh, outhouse sat down to use the toilet uh and uh a bear bit her on the ass i think i would rather have this doesn't scare me as much as the stories i've heard when somebody sits down in in the toilet at night in their home or something Uh, like normal people they don't shit outside um and a snake has been been in the toilet or something that's creepy that would freak me out yeah like now if there was a bear in my toilet i'm kind of impressed (laughs) (laughs) um but the bear bit her on the butt yeah i don't know i don't know what she was doing probably number one or two and maybe he was like is that chocolate and just no no it was not chocolate no so uh Yeah, Shannon Stevens uh, was with her brother Eric and his girlfriend. They'd taken snowmobiles into the wilderness uh, to her brother's yurt. Okay, he lives in a yurt. uh, 20 miles uh, northwest of Haynes, Alaska. Um, Her brother ran out when he heard screams. uh, And yeah, it turns out it was a black bear had crawled somehow... uh, Into the... uh, Into the thing. in the outhouse. Now, I don't exactly know how the outhouses work, but... In Germany this is a Scheiße bear because this is one who's just like but I think this is why they they people when you when you when you go camping you have to relieve yourself see I'm being professional today hmm. you have to relieve yourself in uh, uh, uh you, at night you hang your food from a tree right, right? and you're supposed to relieve yourself in in, in in certain national parks I believe it's like a, canister that stays closed because they're attracted by the fecal matter. Hmm. Shit. Or, uh, or dig a latrine and you bury it. Yeah, and you bury it. Right. Um, but in an outhouse, I guess that's the, the principle, right? Right. It's, um, do you know how an outhouse works? I mean... I, I apologize. I, mean, I should have read ahead. Other
2: than... This sounds like a sophisticated... It's not just out- a hole, right? Well, t- yeah. Most outhouses are. It's just a hole. Um, like, like an old school outhouse, you literally dig a hole... Uh, and you you build a shed on top of it, right? Uh, and then a shit shed, shit shed, yeah. But like modern day outhouses, usually there's a like a septic tank under there, and so like there's a tank under in the ground that they can pump out, uh,
1: and then the the that outhouse like. Sits but on that's out. yeah. But that's modern. Got, well, listen, no. Alaska. He's in a freaking yurt, okay, which is is just a fancy tent. Um, with a frame, I mean it's. And by the way, I've been in one in Colorado, just just like on a ski mobile thing, where they stop and they give you coffee and cookies mm-hmm. and cocoa. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, they stay incredibly warm. Yeah. It's unbelievable just the how the shape of that uh that works. Um. Okay. Anyway, uh, the black bear got a mouthful of ass, and uh, <laughs> she was bleeding, but she didn't get stitches, and she made a full recovery. Yeah, and a good story. It's a good story. I feel like you I know. was bit on the butt by a bear. Um, I guess it's it's a lesson
2: though. Like, it's probably a good idea to just. There's a lesson you know, here? Whatever toilet you're about to sit down on, maybe just check it, give a good good, good glance into the bowl before you See, sit down on that. That's bowl. It's not.
1: They, I always do that anyway, because you know. Well, apparently this, but, this but, girl did. But a, here's here's a bigger lesson. Don't don't go to a outhouse, ever. <laughs> no, well, ever. I mean, if you're an adventurous person, <sighs> if shit, you're in the shit middle on the of floor, say why do you live in a yurt? Boom. Clean that up. Get on your snowmobile and never speak to your brother again. That's what I say. It's like, what are we doing 20 miles in the wilderness in a tent where I shit outside in the snow? Where bears live. What are we thinking? This is God's country. This is the bear's country. This is where they live. We go in here. I mean, how would you feel? You walk into your house, you know, just go to use the bathroom. There's a bear sitting there just reading. It's like, get a little privacy before I bite you. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's on the bear. This is on the people. Which what
2: part would be more scary? The fact that there's a bear in there reading the paper or the fact that he can talk? You're going to skip
1: over the fact he can read? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the bear go bite John Ham's wax ass in the Peter Luger Steakhouse um, after he's visited New York, after selling his Pokemon cards. That's how you tie up all the stories and topics. And tangents. Tangents. Oh shit, let's play a game. Wow. But first, this. <laughs> hey, it's your old pal, Uncle Noli. I've been downgraded. I only have a few questions. You ready? I am. Mariano Yuba writes Uncle Noli. I had this unsettling dream where I died a few days ago, and I'm still a bit disturbed. What can I do? Well, Mariano, you can wake up and realize you're not dead. All right, it's a dream. I had a dream the other day that, uh, you know, Bo Derek came back in her heyday and did some dirty, oily things to Uncle Noli's groin. But guess what? I woke up, and I was alone, and my dog was looking at me. It was weird. But then I watched 10 again, and Bo Derek looked great.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she never slept with Dudley Moore.
3: Look at up.
0: Uncle Noly
1: knows. Our next question comes from Giles. Uncle Noly, who's your favorite singer from the Rat Pack? I've always loved Sinatra, but I feel like everyone does. Well, that's because everyone does love Sinatra. Because if you didn't, he'd break your legs. But back to your question. Personally, although I love Sinatra... My favorite singer from the Rat Pack is good old Dean Martin. That's right. He's just the the, the smoothest crooner around. I enjoyed all his songs, I got all his albums, and uh, I'm gonna listen to him till the day I die, okay? Dean Martin. King. The king. Not Elvis. Different king. Dean Martin. Uncle Noly knows. Katie Ricardo writes, Uncle Noly, How can I stop other people from interrupting me when I speak? It's very frustrating, because when I try to talk to my family, I always get cut off in the middle of the sentence. Well, thank you for giving me the definition of interrupting. First of all, it's a very nasty habit when people are interrupting. Means they're not really listening to you. They're just thinking about what they have to say next. So what you do, the first time they interrupt, you say, excuse me, I'm sorry you interrupted me. May I finish? If they do it again, do what I do. Spit on him. Always stops the interruption. Usually stops the conversation, which probably wasn't worth having anyway. Enjoy.
3: Uncle Nolan knows
1: sometime. Well, that's all the time we have. It's over. Are we done? We're done.
3: It's Phil Lamar. Phil, thanks for joining us. What's up, buddy? How you doing? What's up, Nolan? The master of alliteration and vocalization.
1: Yes. Oh, I like that. Alliteration and vocalization. Thank you very much. Phil has been, like, one of the guys that I remember watching on Mad TV. You smell good. (laughs) (laughs) We just had the office painted. I was always a huge fan of, of anybody in sketch, and then I remember working with you a bunch of times, and... I'm going to start this off with, I got into voiceover from doing a bunch of the, you know, on-camera stuff. And I, I, and I got into it, and I loved it. And I, but I didn't know, and I remember, you know, like, you never know when, like, if you're in, because there's a group of guys that you always admire, you watch it, and you start working with them. And Phil was one of the first people, I sat there, I was telling him this, and he goes, Nolan, you're in the club. You've made it there. So and I was like, and it wasn't, I, I I, mean this sincerely. It wasn't until that conversation we had that I was like, if, well, if Phil Lamar says I'm in, I guess, <laughs> I guess this is, I guess I'm, I, I'm an official like voiceover guy. And, and I will, I thank you for that because I've never forgotten it. And I've told people the story, but now, you know, all seven of our uh, watchers will know it.
3: See, now, the the sad thing is, he doesn't tell you when that happened. That was at the premiere for Uncharted 3. And he didn't think he was in the club yet! No, that was, it was before I'm... that,
1: wasn't it? <laughs>
3: wasn't it? Yes, I'm messing with I'm you. I'm
1: getting old, I don't remember. Okay, Paul, how are you? What? Where's the cat? What's over here?
3: Well, so, see, the funny thing about being an old guy in VO is the bar is so high. Like, Welker has been doing... Right. Frank Welker, for those who don't yes. know, has been doing the voice of Freddy since 1969. Hey, would you do it for a Scooby Snack? Oh,
2: gosh. Well, come on, guys. Hey, I can drive because I have a license.
3: And even though we've been doing it now for a long time, we still can't, you know, reach his coattails. Yeah, no. So, like, even if you're getting old as a VO guy, you still have Frank's bars. like, okay, I have to be incredibly nice. I have to be incredibly talented, still audition, and, you know, keep working hard <laughs> yeah. and, you know. Created a wonderful environment for everybody else.
1: Do you think Frank auditions? I mean, I, I wonder if he reached a certain point where he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine, I'll just...
3: I mean, I'm not his agent, I don't know, but knowing Frank, I'm, I'm sure he was like, no, of course I'll audition.
1: Yeah, oh no, he would if he was asked. I was wondering if people, like, I don't know, I never thought about it. You know what's amazing with Frank Welker, though, that, that is like, like you said, Freddie since 1969, and he sounds the same. Yes! You know, all those years later. Uh, it, right? it, I mean, you know, it can you can still do that. You look at,
3: you look at Mel Blanc's Bugs Bunny, you can hear the difference.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: You know, and, and a lot of us, you've been doing characters for a long time. You know, you sort of age or evolve or whatever. Yep. Frank, you know, like yeah. he's got like the, the vocal equivalent of perfect pitch.
1: Yeah, he does. And the funny thing is I, I've, i I kind of gravitated more toward the raspier roles because I've gotten older because everything starts sounding like this now. <laughs> it's all gone. I'm gonna. You know, we're all gonna sound like Steve Bloom eventually, and you know that, that's that's it. You know, I'm, the guy who I say is was lit, uh, born old. with a lit cigar in his throat. All right, before before I you know just so I geek out on you for a second, uh, I notice uh, Uma Thurman's cleavage behind you, uh, uh, and uh, oh, yeah. I remember you know. Sitting there, going, "Hey, that's the that's my favorite UPS character guy from Good Mad TV in <laughs> Pulp Fiction." I know you probably told this story a million times, but I, I I'd like to hear. it. What was that like? That because that's like such an amazing, uh, you know, film that came out at the time. That I remember going to see it. I was in Boston, didn't even want to go see it, and and I I think I went back <laughs> the next day to watch it again because. I wanted to catch right. everything else. It was my introduction to Tarantino, because then I went back and then watched Reservoir Dogs. Uh, you know, so I mean, the scene in the apartment and then in the yeah. car, of course, that uh, people remember. But what was that like with Sam Jackson and Travolta and, and Tarantino?
3: Oh, it was it was such a blast. And it's funny because I think if I were looking back on it now, it would be even more of a blast because at the time, like, Reservoir Dogs wasn't a huge hit. Right. Pulp, Pulp Fiction had an $8 million budget. Like, what you paid for those chairs, we made the movie for. And, you know, Sam, <laughs> you know, Sam was not the king of all movies right. yet. You know, he had done um, uh, the, the Spike Lee movie, uh, Jungle Fever, where they had created a special award just for him at con. But still, in terms yep. of like mass, you know, popularity, not up there. And Travolta was, of course, one of the biggest stars of, you know, the world. But at the time we did Pulp Fiction, he was about three deep in talking baby movies. So. Oh, like,
1: right, right, right.
3: None of it was as iconic as we all think of it now. But what it was was the best script i had ever read you know it's like one of those things where not only do you read it and you enjoy the characters in the story but there's something about the writing of that like you read through the scene for i read through the scene for the audition by the second time through i was i had it memorized because every line even in these you know crazy circumstances he creates all of the dialogue is exactly what that character would say and the, the exact line that would come next It just, it just jumps into your head. So like, for me, it was fun because I had met Quentin doing a groundling show. He came and uh, did an improv show. We did, you know, we did improv together and then he had me come in and audition. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But then you get on the set and or actually we got rehearsal first and I got to meet John Travolta. Yeah. You know, and I walk in because we're on the Sony lot and they just like, you know, had us in a soundstage running through our scenes which you never get to do on a movie. And yeah, I walk that's, in and- That's rare. Well, again, because the budget was so small, they're like, we need to be on point with this. We gotta know, everybody's gotta know what they're doing. We're not gonna have time to just keep rolling and rolling and rolling.
1: I see, you I know? see.
3: So he had all the actors meet each other, work everything through. So he's figuring out the camera angles and we're all getting to know each other, you know? And he walks in and it's like, oh, hey, John, Sam, this is Phil Lamar, he's gonna be playing Marvin. And Travolta looks at me, he's like, oh man, I gotta shoot him in the face? The audience is
1: going to hate me. <laughs> 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 and they did. It was like, he did. It goes off. He's like, they killed Marvin? The guy, I remember that happening. And I was like, the blood hits him. And he's like, what did you, I mean, I remember the scene. And I remember he's, cleaning, he's like, oh, I got brains. And you're like, and I remember sitting there. And here's this character that you meet for not very long. And then yeah. he's just in the car. He's just hanging out. He's just, and I think it's just, and then is it. His head is blown off in an extraordinary manner, and you're like, "No!" And you feel for this character that you created, and I, I loved what you well, said I- about the script. I mean, it's all, it's like a good song; it's an earworm. You get you know the the yeah. you can get the dialogue down just like that because uh, because yeah. it's so good.
3: Well, and funny because what you're just talking about about the you know how vulnerable my character was and all that, it taught me something. Um, about stardom and I realize John Travolta is not just a star because he's good looking and a good actor he gets something about his relationship with the audience because after we did that rehearsal he had Quentin change the scene because originally we're in the back of the car we're driving and he turns around to ask me a question it's like come on what do you think you think guy came down from heaven and stopped the bullets and he shoots me in the throat and then I sit there gurgling while they decide what to do, it's like, all right, I'm gonna hit the horn. You put him out of his misery. So the the sh- the kill shot originally, as written, was supposed to be done on purpose. And John's like, no, nah, man, you can't do that. You can't do that. So the accidental shot is you know the accidental one shot. But and he was right. If he was you know his character shot my character on purpose, it would have like messed up the whole rest of the the movie. Because like, <clears throat> yeah. I don't really like this guy anymore. He's
1: mean. Well, and the thing is, because, and I kind of see where Tarantino might have been thinking about that. Uh, Like, well, the second one is to be humane and put him out of his misery. But it's much better if you just, what a great, great little, you know, thing to change. It's just the whole thing's by accident. Like you figure Marvin, they're probably going to let Marvin go, you know. You shoot him in the leg, give him a limp, but you know, don't mess with us. <laughs> Whatever, but you're not gonna, because you know. Then he's like, "Well, you're cleaning it up," and he had to clean it up. I mean, it was just, and then right. you almost feel bad for Travolta. He's like, "Ah, you know, I feel he feels bad <laughs> for killing a kid that, right. and now he has to clean it." And it's just, anyway, it was just, uh, just amazing. Well, anyway, so today, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, after all the the hubbub, uh, his 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 new the the Snyder cut. Which is I, I heard about this. It's three days long. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. It's, it's what, seventy-two hours long. They should, they should
3: long. just call it. They should just call it League of the Rings. Le- League.
1: <laughs> Clever. One ding. That's one for uh, Phil Lamar. <laughs> League of the Rings. It, yeah, comes out today. A Zack Snyder's cut. Are you gonna go see this?
3: No. I, uh, well, I'm, I, I, I Wait. Well, wait. I'm, I'm mean, gonna go watch a, a longer version of a movie I already saw and didn't like. Yeah, that's Dude, my I'm,
1: problem. I, I, I don't I'm, know I don't know yeah, about this. I, I, I mean like I I if listen, my if, we, if the movie theaters were open and my kids were like, "Hey, come on, we're going to go." It's like, "Ah, it's my boys. Let's go. We're going to do that." That's I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I just don't know if I'm curious enough to know if what they like, "Oh, that's different."
3: Right. Right. No. Oh, no. Like I don't, see, know. I don't know about you, Nolan, but I'm the kind of guy who never watched DVD extras. Like, I will listen to somebody tell a story about the thing, but I'm not going to watch and stop and Google. It's like, no, I want a story. And if I already know the story, like, I'm not going to go watch Justice League. I'm going to go watch something. I don't know how it ends. Well, you
1: know, it's now, like you said, with the internet, you could probably watch the stuff that wasn't in the first one. Save yourself at least a day.
3: Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll wait two weeks and watch the the new scenes on YouTube.
1: Exactly. That that that, that you know. And hell, I'm, and neither of us are in the movie, so screw it. Who wants to see that? Doesn't have doesn't have Nolan or Phil. We don't want to see it. Hey, um, right. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I never do on this show because most of my uh, pan up, pan up. Most of my <laughs> most of my humor. <laughs> is puerile and immature and just I don't like to get into stuff. But I wanted to talk to you about something because you and I had a great discussion one time at a con. Um, I think we were in Manchester. And I wanted to find out, get your point of view on what's going on with race and voiceover. Oh, yeah. Because the interesting thing is you and I have played a, a number of different ethnicities. Um, mm-hmm. I have played black characters. Um, I didn't do a black voice. Uh, a couple right. of the characters were just my voice. And it was part of like, just, as yeah. most people in animation know, uh, you know, they get the voice they hire you for and then a couple extra for the same rate. Right. And sometimes it's just like an extra, a guy saying, uh, Hey, did you, would you like to order now? And the animators later go in and make that a, a person of color. Mm-hmm. And it's just been, and I recently, we had this great discussion between racism and stereotypes. And it was, it was very enlightening. It was very interesting to look at and it, with what's going on in our world and our culture. Right. And, and recently our mutual friend, Kevin Michael Richardson was placed onto the Simpsons. Um, mm-hmm. and Harry Shearer is no longer doing, uh, uh this, this, Dr. Herbert. Dr. Herbert. So, and as somebody who is a person of color that has done white guys, uh, what do you, what do you think it's, what do you think this leads us? Cause you, 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 you what, what do you think, what do you think we're doing in this business now? And where's the line if there is one or is it like, no, if you know, like, like, cause I've always embraced, I like the, our differences. And I, I think that's what made this country the melting <laughs> pot. I think we, people are, we are different. People are different and it's okay. Just be accepting of people's differences as somebody,
3: so what do you what where you, you get it? Go run! I don't know yeah. where to stop. Well, no, it's no, it's funny because I recall, you know, you asking me, and I and I give you credit for this. Long before it was a social topic, you asked like, why is it some people think not okay for a white actor to play a black role? And and I'll tell them now what I told you then. It's there's two levels to it, at least two levels. There's way more, but the f- first two are, one, the principle of it. Which I agree any with, actor, I get that. Any actor should be able to play any role they can believably play. You know, all things being equal, let, it, let whoever is the best get the role. Right. Problem is, the second thing is the practical level. All things are not equal. You know, and back when we had this discussion, it was like, look, 95% of the roles in video games and probably at that point 80% in animation were roles for white guys. So, you know, as a black actor, um, if I'm, if the, if the thing's just wide open, I'm, I'm competing not only with all, with the 12 black guys who are allowed to do animation, but the 120 white dudes, for every black part, so which makes it Same. almost because imp- the thing is they're not going to consider me for the white parts. But but haven't you done some? By and yes, but nine out of ten times the way a person of color gets into voiceover, is a ethnically specific part.
1: Right. Okay.
3: But then, like you said, they get three roles, and you throw down a voice, and like oh, he can do. A voice that doesn't sound specifically black or whatever, and so then you get in the mix because the, you're worth the money. Yeah, yeah. Because it, because again, if if your sound is only specific, you know, if you if you have a very specific accent or something, um, they're losing money on you. But now here's here's the third aspect of the difference between you know me playing a white character and you playing a black character unfortunately in our society they're not equal there is not the same history to both right like there was never a time when black people had all these theaters and we dressed up in you know toothpaste and did you know (laughs) here's my here's my white guy that didn't happen
1: toothpaste I like that
3: (laughs) (laughs) but unfortunately there is a long negative history of white actors portraying black people in a negative way. And it's a little silly to try to pretend that doesn't exist. So that's, I mean, like the thing with Kevin and uh, and The Simpsons, and this is something I pointed out to somebody online the other day, is like, look, you're looking at a 1989 decision through 2021 eyes. Exactly. In Mm. In 1989, nobody gave a shit about the ethnicity of the actors doing minor parts. You know, early 2000s, I was on cartoons, Rob Paulson's playing young Asian boys. You know, <laughs> because it was a second or third voice and this is not this is not about us the actors, this is about the producers and the people in the decision-making, you know, positions. Right. And for them, represent, ethnic representation was not important enough back then. For them to put in the extra work, or the extra money, extra work to find a, an you know actor that you know matches that character, um, or the extra money to just bring bring someone in specifically for like the Doctor Hibbert character. Like everyone's mm-hmm. like, they they made Harry Shearer. It's like, dude, Harry Shearer was already in the room. He well, was doing yeah. six of six other characters. They just threw. Uh, we need somebody to do this one there's the doctor in the scene on page 38. Hey, Harry. Yeah. You know, the difference now is we have a different perspective on what the what representation means and the importance of it, you know? And one of my metaphors is there was a time when women were not allowed on theater stages. Mm, That's right. Like in Shakespeare's time, all those female parts were played by, played by men. Yep. And, and that was fine. That was okay. That, we don't want a woman among those theater people. It's unsafe, unsavory. Right. Right. She'd be violated, you know. But now we look at it through a It's like, why shouldn't a woman be an actor? Why should a woman be able to express themselves on stage? And, you know, so, you know, in that sense, the representation means something new, different now than it did then and now we're looking at the ethnicities of characters and you're absolutely right like I mean, you say you don't see color and people have, have gotten on my case for saying this a couple of years ago like i say voices do not have color yes now nobody gets the irony the irony there it's like dude that is an unassailable fact something you can't see literally doesn't have a color yeah but <clears throat> but what i mean by that is you know how someone sounds does not necessarily i mean there are, you know, there, there are black dudes who sound like this. There are also black guys who sound like this, you know. And you can do all but, of it. <clears throat> <laughs> but, you know, and where it stops, and this is something else that a lot of people who are upset about this, like, where do we draw the line? And I, and I love when someone says that because I go like, dude, you realize that that is the exact same argument that anti-gay people say when they're about to say, once we have gay marriage, what's to keep people from having sex with ducks?
1: Which, uh, by the way, I've done, and it's fantastic. I'll (laughs) a a duck. I don't know about you guys.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh. (laughs) Anyway. But the truth is, like, okay, where is the line in your brain, in your nonsensical brain? Apparently nowhere. But... In the real world, among the rest of us, the line is, once we reach a level of equality, when the number of roles of various ethnicities match the number, you know, when the opportunities for actors of those colors equal the, you know, representation of those people in society. Because that's the thing we're all forgetting, is that where we started, all these roles were you, Even even the kids. I didn't get no, those roles, though. Well, so. And by you, I don't mean you, specifically, I know, I'm Nolan North. <clears throat> but you are the quintessential handsome white actor, man. Look at him. Look at that jawline. Uh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you put all of build all of Western civilization and culture around that guy? Look at him.
1: That's because I have colitis. <laughs>
3: uh, no, you know what's
1: what's interesting is years ago, uh, I think it was Halo. ODST that, that again, was mm-hmm. he's been on my heels snipping. Uh, <laughs> Tudic, Trisha Helfer, Adam Baldwin, Nathan Fillion, and And I was in this. And I remember going to a studio. This is years ago. Uh, so I did this this game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe, I don't even know if Uncharted it happened. I don't remember any of it. But uh, I remember going to a studio. And um, they had a, a Game Informer magazine, and I, I'm, the date's important because I opened it up, and it said Halo ODST on the cover, and, and I opened up the article, and, oh, wow. and there is a picture of Nathan Fillion and his character, and, you know, read it, read it, then they went Alan Tudis and Tricia Helfer, and, it, and then it got to my character, it's Romeo, and he was a... a, 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 a a, a black character he's a soldier ah. and then it went down to the picture of who played him and it was just a silhouette that said unknown voice actor <laughs> <clears throat> now i remember the guy was just he was like he had to be really cool just whatever and but it was mm-hmm. it, it was not they made a decision in post mm-hmm. th- to go we need some diversity make well it's the two to make right. romeo uh, uh, an african-american and it comes out, and then people are asking me. But the funny thing is, <laughs> but when when did it come out? 2009. 2009, this came out. Okay, right. So 2009, this article comes out. And what, what, listening to you now, and it just occurred to me while I was listening to you, is that magazine made the decision in 2009 that, and, and, and I had nothing to do with it because I I didn't, people said, um, do you think it's right that you put on a black voice? I'm like, I didn't put it. He was a white guy when I played him. That's not a black voice. <laughs> and they said, well, I said, and, I, and then I, and they said, do you, and, and anyway, I just, but they'd made the decision not to show my face mm-hmm. because I was a white actor and they had made the character black. Right. And and now I'm kind of going, it just occurred to me, it's like, uh, they knew that this probably wouldn't exactly. be cool back then. And now we're kind of, even, it, what is, I'm not very good with math, but that's like, what, 13 years ago or 12 years ago it, that this happens and you're like, uh, and now Kevin's doing that. Now, to be fair, Kevin plays the little white redneck on American Dad across the street on the Cleveland show. So I don't know if like well, now, now we got to get but, every but white again, redneck. again,
3: <clears throat> no, 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 no. See, again, not the same thing. Right, so so how? But uh, say I get it. How would how? Black guy playing white is not the same as a white guy playing black.
1: So how do we how do we justify? I understand that because I know you guys and I get it. What what's? How do we talk tell people? How do you justify that? Um, That like whoa hey if 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 white guys can't play black guys why can't why are are you still going to allow black guys to play white guys? And is it is. Yes, and is that just because of the, the years of, like... It's because, it's, be, it's because of the history. It's because it's of the correction. toothpaste. The correction and the toothpaste. <laughs> yes. I love that, by the way. I'm never going to forget. I remember... Well, they had the minstrel shows, but do you remember the Colgate shows?
3: <laughs>
1: mm, yeah. The, the,
3: oh, but but no, Nolan, you, you brought up a really interesting point there. The fact that... I mean, and this is the thing people need to understand, is... We're on a continuum. Things are... Progress is a process. You yeah. know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, I do like, I agree with that.
3: In 2009, when they put out the thing about Halo, they knew, but they didn't care. Yeah. It was... It, they were conscious of it, but it wasn't important. You know, because this, this is... And I've heard of this in a couple of games where they just... And this is nothing to do with you as an actor. This is about the people making decisions. They decide to reskin a character. It's yeah. like... We think it'd be cool for this to be a black dude because black dudes are cool, you know? But they don't get the fact that, like, yo, dude, just changing somebody, that character, to a black guy, you got to think that through. That means something. Exactly. It doesn't just mean, like, no, it's like when I listen to NWA. It's fine, right? Not the same thing. Not the same thing. Don't sing it out loud. You can't sing it out loud.
1: I like NWA.
3: Yes, but don't sing it out loud. Alone? Again, because of the history. I I,
1: I was I was in North Carolina. I I was uh, we were at, we, we were at a we were at a restaurant and a buddy, a couple of buddies ran over to me. They go, "Yo man, you got to come over here. You got to go and we went to a place called the Cat's Cradle where like little local bands played. And it was just this wood floor and you go in this tiny stage and you walked out there and it was me and a couple of my friends from the baseball team but I was all of a sudden everybody comes in and I'm like one of the only white guys in there I'm like what are we doing here and my buddy he's a black dude he's like dude he said I got you I got you Nolly. come here and I'm like what <laughs> Wait, he goes I got you you're gonna be happy Outwalked public enemy what I'm in the front of the stage and I was a huge fan it's like <laughs> 1989, a number, another song. Oh, my God. I mean, and next thing I know, Flavor Flav's clock is hitting me in the head because it was a stage about three feet high. And he said, yeah, and they pulled me up on stage, and the S1W did did their thing around there. Man, we got a white boy up here, and I'm going, if I die, I'm going to die with public enemy. And it was one of the – it was cool because they were artists, and they, and after, I mean, they like we got to meet them after because they right. they came up and they were just like, "Hey, hope you you cool with everything, man," you know, and and I'm like, I, I, and and my I but my guys were just like, "No, no, no, he no he's cool," and I remember sitting there like, and it's it's, well, I, it's you know, I don't I don't know how this sounds to people. I hope I don't get in trouble. This could be our last show. I say that a lot. <laughs> it's like I had I got I got black cred. <laughs> still never allowed and don't care to ever say the word you know you don't get that past but i remember i mean th- those lyrics though it came from right from a place of like, it's uh, for me the music is poetry right just set to mm-hmm. to to music uh and it's just a way of of doing things so you, that experience, and we've talked about this before, you know, it's like, you know, you never tell somebody, like, who goes through cancer, is like, oh, I, I, I know what you mean. It's like, oh, really? Have you had cancer? It's like, it's like, it's like, like, hey, listen, I, I'm with you, man. I may not be black, but I understand. You're like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And it's okay to not understand. Just listen right. and be open. And, and so, anyway. Right. Anyway, I just I I think it's interesting, and I you have always been very intelligent and well-spoken on on this matter subject matter. You've always had a way of of uh, when we've talked about it, you know. And, and I'm usually the guy who likes to hear fart jokes, but I get with Phil, and I'm just like <laughs> Phil, Uncle Phil, teach me something. <laughs> uh, no, but no, no, but seriously, no, I mean, you, I think it's interesting. It. Well, I think it's interesting. I see i get I get the cred still to this day that's thirty years later <laughs> no, but it's interesting to me because i you know I have never i mean you know I, I, one thing people should understand or are watching this we don't like necessarily audition for for a, a character of ethnicity As a matter of fact, the only time that's ever happened to me is after t m n t when I did Raphael, they were gonna go do a series, and Mako was playing splinter and right, right. I did a good impression of Mako. Mm-hmm. And when he, he unfortunately, he passed away and they yeah. asked me to audition. And I looked at, I didn't look at it as I was doing an Asian voice. I was doing an impression. Like on this show, on this show, and you'll appreciate this because you, you, you're you a comedian too. And it's like, I've done, I've done my Shaquille O'Neal, you know? A tough acting to 10 mm-hmm. acting, you know? And like the eyes and right. I, like, so I'll do that. And people are like, but it's an impression. It's like, you know, I'm doing a, like, right. a, it, it, and it's just a little, It, it, it it's not an excuse, well, no, no, but it's no,
3: like a little bit of a no, difference. No, but Nolan, it's, it's a good impression. Yeah. Well, if it were a bad impression, it would be like, yo, I'm B- Saki O'Neal. <laughs> like, if you're a white guy doing that, that's a terrible And it's Shapiro weird because, O'Neil. exactly. Because <laughs> that's, that's somebody doing their. Black voice.
1: Yeah, no, but no, you know? but but no, but, but in our profession, it's got to be good or we don't do it. You know, it's like it, right. it's like I don't want people like hey, do this impression. I'm like it's not very good. I'd rather pass. I don't need. I don't need that.
3: And, and by the way, that uh, that uh, TMT, TMNT, um Mako uh, fill in.
1: Yeah, I you.
3: got that. that uh, did you? That was you. Yeah. Is, um, it, is it Mako
1: which, or Mako? It, it's Mako.
3: Thank you. I've Ma- said that wrong. Mako Iwamatsu. Mako Irimatsu. Yeah. Mako's well, the shark. Mako's the actor.
1: Well, okay, so there you go. But you know what's you know what's crazy? I wish they had told me we're going with Phil Lamar. And <laughs> well, wait a minute. Are you talking in the movie or the TV series? Or both?
3: The movie. The movie. Oh, you did it for the TV series?
1: The TV series at Nickelodeon after that movie. Because I, 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 oh, I remember oh. I remember that you were Mako and that's why I was, I, I, am I'm, I'm thinking my, my mouth is moving ahead of my brain. I knew you had done Mako and that's why I was bringing it up when the TV series came along, oh. they asked me, cause I, I, I ended up doing the Krang for the TV series cause they went with different characters. Um, oh, Sean Astin actually became Raphael
2: mm-hmm. and, but right. you know,
1: the TV, the producers wanted to have their own spin and I understood that, but they yeah. asked me to uh, uh, do the role of Splinter. Do Splinter, uh, as Mako, and I'm like, oh yeah, because and what? I was I was funny, and I was like, and I I remember sitting there going, I wonder, if, I, I guess maybe Phil's gonna audition for this too, but it was in the room to do it, and then right. they came back and they uh my, I, they said that Nickelodeon decided they wanted a person a person a of voice. Asian descent to do uh, that voice, right? So and I don't know who did, uh, but it. it
3: well, what they, they wound up not doing a Mako impression, which was a dumb idea anyway, cuz yeah. nobody else sounded like the other versions. So I don't know why that they, they would have him cuz I worked on that episode that um, series. That's the one where Rob Paulson came back to the Ninja Turtles, as but Donatello. as a different
1: turtle. As Donatello, yeah. yes.
3: Yeah, and I did Baxter Stockman, and but their, their Splinter, I think uh, James Hong wound up doing it.
1: Yes, that's I, right. I, Yes, it was. It was James Hogg. but they, but again, they weren't, they weren't doing an impression of somebody, right? And I exactly. think that's where you kind of I, maybe that is the line. If if it's an impression, you can get away with it, but if it's if right. you're if you're doing a, and which it gets back to why I brought this up, and I thought you explained it so well in Manchester, probably three years ago,
3: we more were more than that.
1: Three or four years, I mean, because I remember having this yeah, conversation with you, and in the elevator downstairs, I'll ne- I remember exactly, and I was like, and, and we went back yeah, up, somewhat. and it was like, this is really something to think about, because, you know, you're like, and, and I'm just, I'm one of those people, like, you know, I like to say I like everybody, and I'm, I'm really, I don't, I don't have hate in my heart. What Kari Payton told me, he was somebody, <laughs> somebody... This, is a, this was great. Somebody once t- uh, told Kari Payton, I don't know who it was, uh, my name came up, and they go, oh, he's anti-Semitic. What? And Kari Payton goes, what? He goes, oh, yeah, no, I, he he's, he's really hates Jewish people. And I'm looking at him, I go, what? <laughs> and they go, who said that? Oh, where did I that? Come from? I, I, what are you kidding? Because um, I'm like, right. it was so out of left field. And I said, Well, who said that? He goes, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. You know, I don't maybe And I get said, anybody in I, said trouble. What? I said, What the I said, what? He goes, No, nah, I just I don't want he said, I don't know. He said, what and I said, why would they say that? He said, Well, I asked them, they didn't really know. They just said they heard it. And and oh, I said, Well, God. what did you tell him? He's he said, you know what, Kari Payton, I I'm not gonna do his voice because I, I can't do it that well. <laughs> well, you know I can, kind of. He's he's almost like Scat Man, but you know. He comes in and he says, let me tell you something. I've known Nolan North a long time. He's a friend of mine. And Nolan North does not hate Jewish people. Nolan North hates everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And I looked at him. I was like, why would you say that? He goes, ah, that was funny. And I was like, oh,
3: man. And, we, we just, and, we, and every time oh, I see no, him, we oh, look, it's like, I'm never going to get to go back to that North Carolina bar now. <laughs> Oh, we, no, actually, we, you'd be invited back to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, but you know, it was, it was. Uh, yeah, but it's funny how people, and, and especially uh, you know, uh, events in the past couple of years, you know, and just the the climate has just changed. And you know, yeah. I, people say, how are this is it going to be done?" It's like it, it's it's going to take time, you know, to, to find yeah. true true equality. I mean, I don't even know if it's in our lifetime, but I I think we may have taken the first steps. Uh, toward finding something uh, again, it, that will take time. But um, I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to keep you any longer than we have. You have been no, no, amazing. No,
3: thank you so much for for doing this, man. But no, I mean you and you know having the bravery to touch on this really complex topic, you know, because yeah. it and it is important to us because this is our livelihood. But the thing yeah. that a lot of people just keep trying to oversimplify it and there's a there's a lot of aspects to it I mean there's like I said the principle of it then there's the practicality of it on a just business standpoint then there's then there's the history that attaches to this stuff Um, and then of course there's looking at old decisions 30 years ago through now it's like no you you have to look at them the way they were at the time but also and this is the thing that I really want to get people like uh, when this was all going down last March the only interview I did was with the Washington Post because I really wanted to get across this idea that like all of these people are focusing on the actors you know Harry Shearer, Kristen Bell it's like no you should be focusing on the producers the people who cast the actors don't cast themselves oh if Do i i would work i anywhere. would work
1: all the time if we that happened <laughs> Uh,
3: well, I actually I would work once, but I would I would just pay myself a shit ton.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's smarter. <laughs> By the way, it's funny I see those like those deals like oh yeah they got you know they're making two million dollars an episode now. I'm like I'd do about five episodes and walk. I mean <laughs> I'd be like I I'll take ten. I don't know. But you you turn down sixty million. I don't need that. You give me ten million. You never see my white ass again. I'd be gone. I'd be like, whatever. I love that. I would. I I'd just that. be like, it's like, hey, are you ready for the next episode? Too many words to remember. Yeah. I have ten million dollars.
3: <laughs> I love that. They're all sitting around. Set. It's like, where's Nolan? It's like, he didn't show up to oh, the table he got- read. Facetiming. He, he What's an up? Island. What's up?
1: Stupid. <laughs> mojito (laughs) uh i wouldn't buy an island i'd just go live on it just yeah no i just wouldn't come home
3: (laughs) he'd be the world's richest homeless man
1: yes which yeah exactly that's it just sitting there i'd I'd rent i'd rent in studio city something small (laughs) 10 million dollars he's paying like 700 dollars it's rent control what am i gonna do
3: which which is actually not a bad plan it's like I can live like this till I'm 200. (laughs) Can't take it with you. Prove it. (laughs) It's like, I can't. I'm I'm spending all my money just on Renton Studio City and HGH. Yeah. That's it. it. (laughs) I'm going to lift until my
1: chest explodes. (laughs) I'm leaving it all my money to my cats. You don't have cats. Cats is my Jewish lawyer because I don't hate Jewish (laughs) people. You hate everybody. I hate everybody. Oh God! But I love Phil Lamar. Phil, thank you, uh, being lightning, being a friend. I um, appreciate course, you very much. And uh, I've always been a fan. And thank you for again for that first time when you kind of, you kind of. I'll never forget it. He put his arm <laughs> in. He goes, you, "You're in the club. You've made it to the club." Because you know, it's because kind of, people always talked about the animation club, the voice. you get in. He's like, "You're in the club," and I was like, "Ha huh, ha." Huh. Bill Lamar says I'm in the club. (laughs) I was like, that was, that was, uh, it was important. So thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. This is what's great to be able to talk about it, laugh about it and, and just have some, uh, have some dialogue. Isn't that an interesting concept in the world these days?
3: Right. Right.
1: Republicans, Democrats. Work it out. Work it out. Get some booze. I I recommend booze. Um, there you go. But that's what it, that's what Congress needs. They need to just like shots. Yeah, right. You just get some of the the more radicals and be like, you know what? Maybe you guys are cool. Right. <laughs> we can, you know what? Uh, I just uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw up and then I'm gonna I'm gonna vote I'm gonna vote yes. <laughs> Phil, take care, pal. Uh, we appreciate you, Thank you ladies man. and gentlemen. Phil Lamar, legend. Oh, this has been a good day, Drew. This has been a good day. Uh, Phil Lamar, phenomenal awesome, uh, Injustice. Wow. The Zack Snyder cut that I, I just don't know if I can if I can watch it. I, really? I, I, I'm I excited. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm I'm
2: cautiously optimistic, but I. I you know what? It's it's more superhero stuff and I nerd out on superheroes, especially mm. Batman, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman. So I love those characters. Yeah, I'm excited to see them on the big screen again and, and Zack Snyder's vision. So,
1: Well, I worked with Zack Snyder, so... I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it. And Cooper and Jarrett want to watch it. We're going to watch it. Yeah. yeah. We'll sit down there and we'll have fun. Um, time for our photos and uh, on the bar and our shout-outs. Uh, this week, Nicholas Vogt. Uh, I believe it's vote, and we got that right on one of our members' things. I hope I'm getting it right, uh, Nicholas. Nicholas vote is up there. He's my Deadpool man. How are you, buddy? Uh, next up, Tim. Tim B. Or Timba. Timba. Tim B, Tim. Tim hanging out. Uh, and of course, uh, finally, Leticia Lemon. I know Leticia. It's Leticia Lemon. But uh, and again, as I always put it, the finest Marlowe cosplayer on the planet. Nice. Um, thank you for being our photos in the bar this week. Uh, good to have you here in the basement with us. Uh, time for the member shout-outs at the get good level. Ricky starting. Starting up. Sorry. (laughs) Don't ever let me do that again. Uh, Ultra gamer, 2004, Justin P. Nate the grades, uh, Nathan H. uh, Thank you. uh, At the get good level, Drew Soup, Jacory, Stephanie W. And Jake Brown are swimming in the Drew Soup this week. I love it. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. The fact that you commented was gross. What? That's fine. And finally, at the Altered Beast level. I I think this is getting old. I'm thinking... Because when I think Altered Beast, I think Paul Both. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to rename it. Paul Both. Altered Both. (laughs) Uh, Tehu, 250. That's Hakan Andre Mirvold. Boy, I hope I was close. Uh, Kevin... uh, Hmm. Kevin K. Kevin... Kojensik. Kevin Kojensik. I love you, I'm sorry, and The Andrea, not just any Andrea, The, The Andrea, Uh, they're all at the Altered Beast level, Uh, thank you to all our members, uh, everybody out there, if you're not a member, um, click like or subscribe to the corner, love your feedback, um can always use you here whether you're a uh a, a paid member or not come on hang out with us we got a great community great people yeah and we love to have you here uh and if you are a member you get to be on the bar yeah. and you get the shout out which is now if you're not a member you can't hear this so this is the shout out ah! <laughs> Ooh, never gets old until it gets too old say good night drew good night drew yeah, I'm pretty getting good at
2: this. You're get- yeah.
1: You make a grown man cry. Strap up the wheel. At double speed. I take it back to that. No. Oh, my. Do I have to do anything here?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, hit start again. Start again <laughs> <laughs> uh.
3: retro replay stars Nolan North and was created by PJ Harzma Drew Lewis and Nolan North this episode was edited by Stephanie judge and mixed by Paul Bach. this show is listener supported so if you like what you heard please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or join our community as a member on YouTube You can choose from one to four tiers to support on a monthly basis. If you're currently a member, thank you for supporting us and keeping this channel going. This show is brought to you by Red Bear Films and Retro Replay. I'm Paul Bach. Stick around for another episode, or we'll see you next week.
0: Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole?